Well, hey, amen. amen. Woo! Tell you, if that don't get you fired up, you're not ready. Uh, amen. The midnight cry when Jesus comes again. You going to be ready? You never know when it is. That's why it's called the midnight cry. Most of us are sleeping at midnight. Jesus said he's going to come like a thief in the night. You're not going to know. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know you'll be with him? And then Christians, are you ready? Are you going to have, are you going to be busy? Are you going to be serving him? Are you going to be caught unawares? You know, we've been talking about serving God with all of our heart, loving God with all of our heart, seeking God with all of our heart, and serving God with all of our heart. And um, one of the meanings of serve is just simply to work. This is what we started talking about last week. And we talked last week about using our spiritual gift. And um, I hope that you were able to or will continue to look into what, maybe as a believer, what has God gifted you to do? But today, I want to talk about serving God with your natural ability. And what we saw here this morning, what we experienced here this morning, is how we can serve God with our natural ability. In fact, in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, in verse 22, listen to what it says. Kenaniah, leader of the Levites, was instructor in charge of the music because he was skillful. And then verse 27 says, David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who bore the ark, the singers, and Kenaniah, the music master, with the singers. Brian, that's what you are. You're the music master. You're the Kenaniah of modern times. And Brian is using his natural ability in leading people. All this that you see, Brian has taught these musicians how to play these kinds of songs. Of course, they had training in band and so forth, but Brian is the one that is the master musician, if you will, pulled it all together. Why? To worship the Lord. You see, God wants to use your natural ability. Look at all these musicians, the different instruments. They're using their natural ability. All these different singers and players of instruments using their natural ability. You see, it wasn't just the music master or the music leader. It was also the musicians in chapter 25 of First Chronicles. It says, David and the captains of all of the army separated for the service, some of the sons of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals, and the number of the skilled men performing their service was, and then he lists their names, and then he says that uh, they served the Lord with music, with, in verse 6, with cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps. Man, wouldn't it be sad if we couldn't use music to worship the Lord? Wouldn't it be sad if we couldn't use all these different instruments to worship the Lord? I mean, I'm glad we have all these different instruments to serve the Lord, aren't you? And I'm glad we have all these people who have these natural abilities that are presenting their gifts and their service to the Lord. It, it's blessing the body of Christ. All these musicians. I, 
I would, I would be depressed in a church that didn't have music and didn't have musical instruments. I mean, to me, that just really it helps us and engages the spirit of mankind. Who invented music? God invented music. So using your natural ability, we say, well, I'm not a musician. Well, <clears throat> you can do other things. For example, in Exodus chapter 35, the Bible talks about uh, the women. And he says in verse 25 and verse 26, all the women who were gifted artisans spun yarn with their hands and brought what they had spun of blue, purple, and scarlet and fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarn of goat's hair. And we read last week about Dorcas, how she had uh, made tunics and garments for the women there and served the Lord. Sewing. You know, we have a sewing ministry here, if you would. It's, we, uh, I think Dale started it, Stitches of Love. And uh, a lot of women in our church who are, are sewers and can have, have that natural ability are using that gift. They take something as simple as a pillowcase. Isn't that right, Dale? And they make these dresses. And Dale, do you have any idea how many thousands of dresses we've made? Y'all have made? Lost count. Thousands of dresses have been made. And where do they go? They go overseas. They go to these third world countries where these little girls need clothes to wear. So these women are using their natural ability of sewing to serve the Lord. You say, well, I'm not a sewer. Well, by the way, let me ask you this question. Do you know who built the ark of the covenant? I tricked y'all, didn't I? Y'all know who built the ark? It was Noah, right? By the way, uh, a thought. Ken Ham, who is in Answers in Genesis, gave us a thought that I had never thought about before when he talked about Noah building the ark. Do you think Noah had that talent before God commissioned him? Or do you think God gave it to him right away? Well, you know, we don't really know. But perhaps he was already a boat builder. We don't know. But certainly God commissioned him with that task and enabled him for that task. And so what I'm saying is either way, if you have a talent, you can use it for the Lord. Or if there's something God calls you to do, God will enable you to do it. But who built the Ark of the Covenant? I bet you don't know his name. How many of you have ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? I mean, yeah. How many of you have ever heard of Bezalel? Poor guy, doesn't get no credit. Exodus 31, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting." and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And indeed, I have appointed him with Aholiai, the son of Anasimach of the tribe of Dan. And I put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. And then in chapter 35, it tells us a little bit more about him. Chapter 35, if you look at verse 30. 
Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He's filled them with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him. And Aholiab, the son of Ahasamach of the tribe of Dan, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer, the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen, of the weaver, those who do every work, and those who design artistic works. Verse 1 of the next chapter. And he says, Every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary. You see, you can use your ability to build things. Some of you are gifted with your hands. Have you ever thought about using what God has given you, that ability to make things to serve the Lord? Some of you have those unnatural or uncanny natural ability that you can, whatever you put your hands to seems to turn out beautiful. Where did that come from? You probably did not even have to be taught that. That's just something that came natural. Where did you get that from? So who are you using it for? If everything ever, you know, all of our natural abilities are given by God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. If God gave it to us, we ought to be giving it back to him. What are you doing? What, how are you using your ability to serve the Lord? You know, Luke was a physician. Luke had a very orderly mind that God had blessed him with. He traveled with the Apostle Paul. And probably was a great benefit to Paul as Paul had some physical infirmity that we don't know. But Luke used his gift as a physician to help minister to Paul. But he used also his gift of organizing thoughts to write a whole gospel. Here's what he says in Luke 1, 1. He says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled. In other words, many people have written written, written, well, there's a word. <laughs> Many people have written an account of Jesus Christ, but Paul, uh, Luke says, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Some of you are gifted in language. You're gifted writers or gifted communicators. Well, how are you using that for the Lord? Luke, everybody we see in the Bible, God had gifted and God was using them. Luke was gifted in physician. Luke, Luke was a gifted physician. Luke was gifted in writing and organizing. And God used him. And I want to give you one more example because some of you say, well, I don't, you haven't mentioned mine. Well, I may not mention what God has given you to do. But he's given you something. But some of you could just use your personality. You know, some of you are, God is just blessed to be a, an encourager. Like Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. In fact, it says in Acts chapter 4 verse 36, And Joseph, 
who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. His name meant encouragement. And he lived up to his name. Because in Acts chapter 9, when nobody else would have anything to do with this Saul who got saved, supposedly, they thought. And they were afraid of Saul because he had persecuted many Christians. And, and so it was Barnabas that took Saul and, and introduced him to many of the believers. Paul, Barnabas was Paul's encourager. Some of you have that just ability to just be an encourager to people. And you don't, you think, well, I don't, I don't, you think I don't do much. I, I'm not very good at very many things, but you have a great personality. You have a great smile. You have an opportunity to touch people's lives. I think of another encourager, um, Onesiphorus. I don't see that, anybody naming their babies that. But Onesiphorus, Paul said about him in 2 Timothy 1.16, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. And he was not ashamed of my imprisonment. This man, Onesiphorus, was to Paul a refresher. Just being around him lifted Paul's spirit. And see, every one of us have that opportunity to be an encourager, to be a refresher to other people. So even if you don't think that you have some natural ability, you can use encouragement to refresh people's spirits. God can use anything if you'll give it to him. God can use anything in your life if you will give it to him. I mentioned last week Tim Tebow. I believe God gifted Tim Tebow with the ability to play football as quarterback unlike any other quarterback this nation had ever seen. Nobody knew what a jump pass was until Tim Tebow invented it. But he became famous for that. Of course, now, unfortunately, many in the world has mocked him. But God has used Tim Tebow for his glory. Tim used his ability to play football to bring glory to God. There are many other athletes in the NFL and the college sports that are doing that that are using their platform that God has given them to bring glory to God. I've been listening lately to the podcast Unashamed. Some of you will recognize that as the podcast from Duck Dynasty. Anybody ever watch Duck Dynasty? The big bearded guys from North Louisiana. God saved Phil Robertson out of a life of wickedness and degradation. And radically changed his life. But God, he had a passion for duck hunting. That was what he, he had. He was, by the way, you may not know this, but Phil Robertson, uh, six foot four. He doesn't look it, does he? Uh, and he was 200 something pounds. He was Terry Bradshaw's backup quarterback at Louisiana Tech. And he had the opportunity to pray, play pro ball after Louisiana Tech. But he had to turn it down because he wanted to fish and duck hunt. I mean, that's a, having a passion for duck hunting. And he, that passion led him to invent a duck call. And they began making these hunting videos, and, and um, they would try to get them in places, in stores, and finally they were able to get their foot in the door in Walmart. And listening to their 
story, it was, they say it was God and Walmart that made them famous. Because had Walmart not given their duck calls and their videos an opportunity, then they would have been an unknown thing. He said, God and Walmart made Duck Dynasty what it is. But if you've listened any to that Unashamed podcast, or if you've seen any of their shows, you see they make, especially in this podcast, they make much of Jesus Christ. They're traveling the country, even the world. Phil and Jace and Willie, are, and, and their older brother Al, they're traveling the nation and the world, and everywhere they go, they're telling people about Jesus. It doesn't matter what, he said it's not even, he said we get invited all the time to these hunting things, to these sportsman things, and they're not church things, they're public things. He said we tell them about Jesus. We tell them about Jesus. You see, they're using their passion, they're using their gift for the Lord. That's serving the Lord. There's a man in our midst who's doing the same thing, using his passion to serve the Lord. You know him as Jimmy Moore. Jimmy is going to share with you this morning about a little bit about what he's doing and then about how you can have an opportunity to serve the Lord uh, in a way that's something that Jimmy's passionate about. So Jimmy, I'm going to ask you to come up here. And many of you have already heard Jimmy's testimony. Jimmy is the founder of... Uh, Fountain of Life Rescue, and uh, he has, he is, which is a homeless shelter, and Jimmy has firsthand experience with this kind of thing, and God's put it on his heart to minister to the homeless of our community, and he's put it on, it, on, on um, Jimmy's heart to rally people in our community to help uh, meet this need. So, Jimmy, if you'll come and just share with us. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you've given us. I'm humbled right now, Lord. I, I don't know what to say. I, a year ago, uh, two years ago, um, when I actually, uh, a friend of mine, Wayne Adams, and I came up with this idea to help people who were homeless because they would come into the food bank, you put it on our hearts, Lord, to do what we could to help these people and come to the community and ask for help. Uh, I won't lie to you, I'm scared and I'm frightened right now, Lord, as I was a year ago as I stood up here and, and, uh, and I asked this very obedient congregation to help me with a need in, in our community that we need so much. I prayed for 10 people, Lord, and I asked them to be board members of this organization and they stepped up and did it. I'm asking you right now to be over this proceeding. I'm asking you to guide my words so that I say the things that come from you and not from me, Lord. As we know in Matthew, you said, I was a stranger and you took me in. And as much as you did it to the least of me, my brethren, you've done it for me. Please open the hearts, Lord, of every one of us right now, Lord, and help us understand that there are people in this community that need help. Whether we see them or not really doesn't matter. They need help, and they need our help. 
And we thank you for all the goodness and the good things that you've given us, Lord, as we come upon this season of thanksgiving, as we should every day. Some of us are very, very blessed, and sometimes we don't realize just how blessed we are. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What I'm about to ask, I asked a year ago. I talked, I stood up here, and I was very scared and very frightened. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to this congregation. I was fairly new here, and I'm up here asking, asking some people I really knew very little to help me with a ministry. That, uh, that uh, sometimes people look at as uh, more of a problem than than um, a need. And um, as you've seen throughout the country and throughout the different United, parts of the United States, uh, these people are treated very differently, and I'm talking about the homeless. And I guess because of the fact that I was, I was homeless myself, as Wayne was one time, I guess we saw the need to help these people in this community with that with the cold weather and the different weathers coming up and these people living outside. And for many different reasons, people are homeless. Um, financially, uh, uh, addiction, uh, mental health. And, but nonetheless, Jesus asked us to help these people. And last year I stood up here and I asked, we, we, we had got the shelter together where we didn't have beds and I asked that we, uh, that you help us with, with the beds. And we started a campaign and we did it. By the end of that day, by the end of the time I got, got done talking, we had every one of the beds we needed, thanks to, to Jeffrey and Cindy Hurst, who helped us with the price of those beds. I thank them and, and Thomasville Bedding for that. And I thank each and every one of you for doing that, for stepping up and being obedient and doing what God asked you to do. The very small thing in the large scope of everything. And I'll get to that in just a second. First of all, I don't get all the, the chances in the world to do this, so I'm gonna do this now. I wanna thank, in the last, last week, I think it was, we had a pastor appreciation. We have probably three of the best ministers anybody could ever ask for. Brian Price. Brian Price, who is a, um, a master musician himself and who can direct just about anybody. If he can help me learn how to sing and how to read notes, man, he, he's doing good. Um, very bad at that, and he has been great at that. Bobby Miller, who helps our youth, has got to be one of the toughest thing in this day and time. And you see that in the news, how tough it is. And he steps up and he helps these young people and guides them the way. That's a huge responsibility. And of course, our leader, Lee Waller. Lee is, uh, he's come into a whole different uh, view with me. Um, Lee has not only stepped up uh, and backed his, put his money where his mouth is, he put, he put his work where his mouth is also. Um, he has uh, helped us at the shelter so much and I, I don't know what I would do without him and my other board members. And. Uh, this is one of them right here, Rebecca Graham. Uh, Adam Graham is one of them, and Erica. And that's just, that's just three of them, along with Lee Waller. 
And I want to thank these people for helping me. What we're going to do today, we have some cards in the back, okay? It starts out at a $70 increment, which takes care of one, one of the people. We're going to try to hire some people and get some people hired so we can open the, the shelter every day. Right now, we're open three days a week, and um, we've done very well. Um, I'm going to tell you now that uh, the testimony, we have gotten several people to where they got in their own places. We've gotten several people into rehab, okay? And there are some that just, you know, that, that's not going to happen for us. So we want to be, kind of be there for them. Um, and it's in $70 increments, and you can go up from there. 70 takes care of one person for one shift, okay? Um, two shifts for two people would be 140, and then 280, I guess, for the entire night, okay? And that's up to you. We're trying to make it for everybody. And I asked Erica and I asked Rebecca to come up here because these two ladies have worked at the shelter along with me and along with, with Lee Waller and others. And um, I just thought I'd let them share for a minute a little bit about it because I'm going to ask you to do something else. Hello. <laughs> it has been a great experience. I was able to help during the summertime uh, taking care of the third shift that was at night until the morning. And I can tell you the experience of being there uh, with the homeless people, it was uh, eye-opening for me because they are starving for the, for the word of God. And I was able to write messages, Bible messages uh, on their table where they eat or, or where they put the napkins, you know, always a message. And I didn't know they're gonna miss it that every time I was coming every Friday, do you have a new Bible verse, you know? So that was something exciting, how the Word of God can reach so many people and give them hope uh, during the daytime when they need to go out. Um, it really filled my heart and made me very blessed to be able to have a home and even us to have a church home. It means a lot. And we are making the difference uh, for these people that for any reasons they are in the uh, season of life that they don't have a place. And that could happen to any of us even when we travel abroad. If we don't make hotel reservations or we don't know somebody where we're going, we would be almost homeless or just living in the car. So thank you. Thank you for your donations, for your prayers and your support. She kind of told you a little bit about, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus there. And I'm just going to share a little bit about with, a little bit with you about what it's not what you probably think it is when you think spend the night at a homeless shelter and be a chaperone because people go, you did what? And I'm like, it was fine. Um, you, there's a simple process. This is for people that if you do want to volunteer because it is, like she said, eye-opening. It is more of a blessing to you than it is, than it is to them. There's an intake process. It's, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Super simple. Um, you check them in. You assign them a bed. Just kind of keep the peace. They, a lot of times they do sleep all night. They were, they're required to shower before they um, go to their bed. They wash their clothes. We have washer and dryer there. Just kind of like a chaperone. Um, 
And it is a blessing because those people are hungry. They do want to talk. Believe it or not, I can listen to people instead of talk to them all the time. So the, some of the nights that I was there, they just wanted to talk. They would come to the office door and talk about their day at work. These men came in in collared shirts, had nowhere to sleep. They got up the next morning and walked to work or somebody picked them up and got a ride. So it's not necessarily um, all the time what you think that somebody rolled out from under the bridge and came to the homeless shelter. It is really people trying to get back on their feet. So those are the people we serve and the people that, like Jimmy said, um, going to rehab and getting a job is not reality for them. And that's okay because God loves them right where they are. And so do we. And so that's what we want to show them. And personally for my family, this has been a huge um, eye-opener in ministry because my girls pray for that homeless shelter every night because they know how blessed they are to be in a house that sometimes may be a little colder than they would like or hotter than they would like, but they have shelter. Um, and so they know. And I think sometimes um, it takes being, being there to see it. And, and like the group that's traveling abroad, um, that's a great ministry, and it is huge, and there is a huge need there. And there is a huge need right next door to you, your neighbors in Thomas County. And so if you husband and wife teams, would be fun and great. I mean, if you can get somebody to keep your kids all night. But the shifts are, I've done the 5.30 to 1, so I would leave at 1 o'clock in the morning and go home. Um, and then there's a 1 to 8, 15-ish, um, because they have to leave the next morning. So again, don't think, I'm going to spend the night at a homeless shelter. You're not sleeping in the room with them. I mean, um, I mean, whatever. You're sitting and keeping keep in order. And so it's, it is good to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to feel that and to minister to them and to talk to them, like she said, to share to share verses and sometimes just to listen because they'll, um, they will ask you, why do you do this? You know, and you get to share why you do it. And so that's just an opportunity to share your heart. So if you have any interest in volunteering, please let us know. Um, it will be more of a blessing to you, but it will be a great blessing to us too. <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, just let us know, and we do appreciate you letting us share. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca, and, and thank you, um, Erica. And understand one thing. We're going to do this campaign with this. It's very, very important to us, okay, that we do this. But also, um, the board agreed to the possibility of staying open on Thanksgiving, which would be, we're open Wednesday anyway, but Thanksgiving is not a normal day we're open. So we're gonna stay open on Thanksgiving, and of course we're open the next day. And we need volunteers for that day. And we're gonna stay open on Christmas. We're gonna try to stay open the entire week. Now understand one thing, okay? These are people that probably have no family here. They have nothing here. And this is one of the worst time of the year. I, I worked um, in a psychiatric hospital for many years. And the, the hardest time of the year, okay, is around the holidays and the Christmas time. This is, this is uh, one of the biggest suicide times of the year because, and I worked a suicide hotline. I knew we used to be inundated with calls. We never had enough volunteers to work it. And understand that these people are looking for a little bit of love and a little bit of connection to the community. Um, they feel like outcasts to begin with, okay? Believe me, I've listened to many of them. You know, they feel as though the people don't really care about them. And that's the, a lot of the problem to begin with. And I'm sure Lee's heard it too. Lee comes and relieves me on Wednesday night so I can spend a little bit of time in choir. And he gets to spend a little time ministering to him that night when he can sit and talk to him. And I'm sure he hears these things too. 
And um, so we're going to try to stay up the entire, which will be a Tuesday, extra day of Tuesday and Thursday on that week. And New Year's, we're going to try to stay open. Uh, everything falls on a Wednesday, so we're going to try to either Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's Tuesday is what they agreed on. So we do need volunteers, and I'm going to set up a schedule. But if anybody would like to volunteer, even for an hour, two hours, whatever, you know, let me know what you can do. And please be flexible with that time because I may have other people that want to. So if you want to do it for four hours and there's somebody else that wants to volunteer, I may have to back you down to two or one or whatever, or even more than that, but that's up to you. And um, I do ask that you do pray about this, and I do ask that you, that you do this. Uh, this is a, a very obedient church to God. I thank you for last year. Like I said, before, we were, before I was out the door, we had every bed and more filled, okay? Every bed was bought for that, for that shelter, okay? And I know you have a lot of people this time of year with their hands out. But believe me, this is a local community need, okay? And everything we have done, we've kept it local. We've kept it right here in this community because that is what's important. That's what's important. And I want to thank you for that, and I want to thank you for listening to us. And uh, I want to thank you, Lee Waller, for giving me the time to, to present this to the church. Thank you. Sorry, real quick, about the volunteers, like in a perfect world on Thanksgiving, I would take my girls up to the homeless shelter to serve while my husband's at work, but nobody under 18 can go. Um, I hate that, but just for regulation and policy, so just keep that in mind when you're thinking about volunteering and serving with your time. It's 18 and older just for safety and a bunch of other reasons. Um, so just keep that in mind. So it's 18 years and older, and we thank you again. There are a few of these cards in the foyer in the bookshelf if you'd like to pick one up. And you can uh, uh, pray for us. You can uh, check off to serve as a volunteer advocate or if you're interested in serving as a paid advocate uh, or a sponsor for a shift or a monthly sponsor or just giving a one-time gift. And there's a place for your name and address. And we are a 501c3. You will get tax credit for that. But... Um, this is an example of serving the Lord. Somebody doing something that's passionate. Jimmy started with this vision a couple of years ago, and, and uh, it has grown to what it is now. What is, I want to share this quote with you before I leave. Paul said this in Acts 20, 24. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. What has the Lord Jesus assigned you? And what are you doing? Every believer has been assigned to work, to use their natural ability, their spiritual gift. What are you doing? Life is more than just getting up and going to work every day, earning your living. For a believer, your life's purpose is not just to earn a living and pay the bills. You have a purpose with your life, and that is to serve the Lord with all your heart. Is that what you want to do? You can be that person that serves the Lord with their whole heart. Let's bow together.
Father, thank you for biblical examples and then living examples that we've seen today of people serving the Lord. I pray that we would make it our declaration as Paul made it that we would seek to finish the work that you've assigned us. That our life would mean nothing to us unless we're serving you. We would get so busy serving ourselves and paying our bills and our mortgage and our cars and, and doing the things that we want to do that we leave you off to the side and only if we have time will we serve the Lord. Oh God, we're not ready for you to return. If the midnight cry were to happen now, so many of us would be empty-handed. If we have nothing to offer you, we've been busy with our own schedule. We bring nothing to you. God, you're worthy of more than that. Lord Jesus, you're worthy of more than that from us. Oh God, help us to serve you with all of our heart and put our schedules on the periphery and put yours on the front burner. I'm going to ask you here this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you make that commitment? Would you ask the Lord? Would you tell him, Lord, I'm going to put my schedule on the side burner. I'm going to put your work on the front burner. I want to serve you with my whole heart. Forgive me for ignoring you and your work. By the way, serving the Lord is more than just showing up to church on Sunday. You haven't served him by showing up here.